0: Welcome to Make It Rain, hosted by me, Josh Smith. I'm a journalist and presenter and I've been lucky enough to sit down and have unfiltered conversations with some truly incredible people. I know from my own personal experiences how powerful talking and crucially listening to others is and without a doubt, my life has been changed by the people I've spoken to over the years some of whom you'll hear from in this very series. I am so excited to invite you to join me each week to meet amazing queens who have overcome challenges in their own lives. They're open up about their journey they've been on to harness their power and wear their crowns with pride. I really hope you'll feel empowered to own your own story and make it rain in your own lives too. In this episode of Make It Rain, we are joined by sex education babe, Amy Lou Wood. Amy bursts onto screens on Netflix's game-changing show about love, sex, racy, and high school. We all fell in love with her character, Amy's adorable and hilarious view of the world. And then she broke our hearts after a harrowing sexual assault storyline. But Amy's journey off screen is even more inspiring. During our chat, Amy talks candidly and powerfully about her battles with body image, anxiety and how those sex scenes were actually damn empowering. There are so many inspiring and at times hilarious words about managing your mental health and I really hope you find this episode not only comforting but entertaining as well. So crowns at the ready. It's Amy Lou Lewis. Hello! Oh, she is vocal. I don't today, know where that came she? from. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in a theatrical mood, darling?
1: I think I must be, darling. I think. <laughs> I think I must
0: be. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast is like I will never forget the first time I met you. For because mm-hmm. like we went just it was literally like one of your first interviews you've ever done. You've just yeah. you hadn't even sex education hadn't even come out. It was yeah. like this, like, group interview, I came in, sat down next to you, and mm. I just remember thinking, God, this girl is about it, she is serving that conversation, she doesn't hold back, she has, like, zero filter in the best way possible, like, and I just felt like you were this automatically, this very special person. I mean, you've been on this incredible journey since I first met you, like, now your life is completely changed, but it's still the same at the same time. And how have you coped with that? Like, because you are very still very you in this weird, crazy bubble.
1: I thought I'd coped with it a lot better than I actually have. I've mm. realised, especially during this time, that I actually hadn't been as kind of taken it in my stride as much as I thought I had. I, I, I think I just hadn't paused for a moment to actually... Think about what the the impact of how much things have changed. I just kind of was skating along, distracting myself, not really kind of pausing and 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 taking a moment. And so I was kind of everyone's going, "Oh my god, your life's changed so much." And I'm like, "I mean, yeah, it has, but I mean, you get used to it so quickly, and it's just you, you, you know you just get on with it, and it's fine that people recognize you and point at you in the street. I mean, it's totally okay." And then now I'm like, "Okay, Amy, no, it did have." actually a huge effect on you and Mm. you have become a lot more I feel way more observed and exposed and a lot more paranoid I mean I've always been anxious and um you know and and a little bit on edge as a person and so I think that when all of a sudden you kind of catapulted into the public eye um and, and, and you know it 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 can intensify those feelings because I feel like if you're walking down the street, oh my God are people looking at me are people noticing me and 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 all and I always say this, but like the vast majority of the time it is positive it's a positive thing, people just want to mm. tell you that they love the show, but your animal instincts, your fight or flight kicks in, and you go. It just it's quite an unnatural thing we're not really it's not a normal thing to be known by or your face to be recognized by lots and lots and lots of people it's not it's it's a it's a it's a strange phenomenon it's it's weird
0: but one of the things you're touching on that you touched on earlier is there's so much positives that come from this And I've seen this firsthand with you when we did this interview Mm. where we spoke about your body image and how your relation with that's changed. And the amount of positive messages that I saw you got that was literally in every single inbox, like all over YouTube was so amazing. Like, Mm. has that also taught you that has this weird fame thing taught you there's so much power in talking about what you've been through and it can be very has that been liberating for you in a way as well as being claustrophobic in other ways
1: yeah yeah exactly it's so there's two sides to the coin you know it can feel more claustrophobic but in so many ways like you're saying it can feel so incredibly liberating you know that you can put something so personal and maybe something that you've you've struggled with or felt shame about or you know and put it out there and have such a positive response is so kind of heart I mean it's more than heartwarming it's heart bloody wrenching it's amazing it's 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 it is that's the a really huge positive aspect of of fame and and I think that it it does come with a responsibility where you know if, if that's how much things are listened to then make sure that you kind of talking about the right stuff and, and you're talking mm. about helpful stuff and you're because there's so much strength in vulnerability that's what i love about amy as a character in set Ed is that she discovers that there's so much strength in vulnerability and like there's so much power in fragility like and and you know femininity and feminism and all that and she's just finding all these nuances and and i think that that's what i've also found since playing her is that there's so much power in just being vulnerable and 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 letting people see the real... I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but it is letting people see the real you instead of this kind of persona. You don't need it to be, um, you know, completely at odds with who you are. It has to be... Mm. They have to be integrated and they have to feed each other. And, you know, Sasha Fierce is still Beyoncé. And that is a great strategy that you get you can back yourself and give yourself that you know I'm going to go out and I'm going to be Amy Lou Wood because she's more confident and she's more forthcoming and she's more um outgoing than Amy Wood but they're still the same person and sometimes you know that that you're going to see Amy Wood in her pajamas with um a bit of residue of blackhead strip you know those blackhead strips I always have I'll do a blackhead strip and then I'll go out and I'll think I'll come back and I'll I will have spoken to people and I'll always go. It's awful, but I will have spoken to loads of people and I'm out and I'll go and I'll look in the mirror and I'll think how bad was it? How bad did I look? And I, there's been a few times where I've seen those T-zone like oh charcoal honey, strip T-zone, residue around my nose and I've thought oh for God's sake or you know a little bit of spot cream still left on and and you think well I'm human. But then, it, yeah, it's just about not being harsh on yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also just accepting that, I mean, I'm even like this. Like, I have, I constantly feel like I'm dragging this other person around with me who I'd like, mm-hmm. rev up, push him out, and he off he goes like a wind-up toy. Yeah. And, it's like, and that is part of me, but then there's also the vulnerable part of me that that wind-up toy also protects. And I think it's also just recognising that. And I think that, like you're saying, people have been so inspired by your story or they felt helped by your story because you're so honest and you're vulnerable and you take that with you in everything you do. But who do you think has enabled you to wear your crown and who's inspired you and passed the crown onto you? Who do you think has done that for you?
1: Well, I think definitely my mum. Yeah. She is amazing and she just instilled in, us both so i mean it was just unconditional love and and she just bel- she just never doubted you know i want to i wanted to be an actor yeah of course of course baby go ahead do it you know there was none of that oh how did your parents feel when you wanted to be an actor well actually both of them were like go for it you know yeah do it and 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 my mum has always been my biggest fan and and champion like she's always championed me and she and I've always championed her she is my best friend and my nana as well I mean I've had such incredible women in my life um but and then and then when I kind of you know left drama school I did the first play that I did was just a tour um of a play called people places and things and I met a woman on there called Matilda who was an older actress and she's became one of my best friends. And we actually ended up being in two plays together, which was so lucky. Um, she's she's like me. It's like seeing the future me. I, that's what I felt when I first met her. I thought, oh my God, this is me when I'm older. And, and it's kind of... And she's so unbelievably honest about her flaws and her fuck-ups and her mistakes that she's made. And she's kind of so... I'd, I'd never met someone so open and authentic mm. and and she just kind of she she's very 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 she's just so herself and i remember seeing that and thinking wow and she helped she she helped me with so many kind of self-esteem things that was an incredible kind of milestone for me was meeting matty because she was this kind of eccentric but she just uh, she's eccentric and she's kind of just a bit mad actor yeah. And she owned that eccentricity. Like, there was nothing... There was, she wasn't trying to stifle her individuality or her uniqueness. Even if people kind of are a bit like, she's a bit bloody, you know. And then you'd go... I'd say to her, oh, my God, Matty, have you ever... Blah, blah, blah. And, I'd, you know, I'd say something like that I was embarrassed over. I was cringing over. And she'd go, oh, my God, darling. And she'd always have a story to match it. Or a story just to soothe. And she just shared everything with me. And I'd never really... Because obviously, with a with a mother daughter relationship, there's, mm. there are limit there are limits on what you can talk about with your mom. sure.
0: Oh, do you know sure. what I
1: mean? For Mama sure, Mother Smith
0: does not get the full d chat, shall we say? No,
1: exactly. Whereas Matty was kind of similar age to my mom, um, and and all of that kind of stuff, but. I could talk about anything. I mean, nothing was off limits. So, on tour, it felt like she was like my adoptive mother. Like, and uh, m- mum and her actually met, and and they loved each other. Thank God, because I thought my mum could be slightly jealous when she meets Matty. Because there was, <laughs> there was. We became so close. We were together all the time, and we were kind of best friends. But also, there was that still maternal vibe. But yeah, a mum that you can talk about D stuff with, which was. Yeah. Amazing. So she definitely was a huge, huge role model for me, and and also that that whole thing that I'm talking about about letting down that persona and just kind of being being your authentic self from the get go. So yeah, her, and also just people that I I you know I look up to. I, I I used to Google all the time about which is what I think is so amazing that I could possibly be that person now I used to google you know celebrity actresses who have struggled with anorexia or actresses who have felt in had body dysmorphia and I would be desperately seeking like is there someone that I can watch an interview with where they talk really honestly about their own stuff and 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 I found that that was actually quite limited there wasn't a lot but yeah I I I would always kind of look for reassurance from... I I think everyone's looking for role models. Everyone wants a role model. Everyone wants people that they can relate to and that don't feel hugely far away from them. It's why I loved Olivia Coleman when I used to watch her in, in, in Green Wing and Peep Show and all that, because I kind of thought... I I I something about her I saw I saw myself in her and I thought oh she's a fit. she's made it she's she's doing all these amazing and she doesn't look like um, she doesn't look like nineties Gwynnie and yeah. she's she's doing really well and people love her and she's hilarious so I think everyone's always searching for that I get so many messages even about my teeth you know girls saying oh my God I have teeth like yours I was gonna get braces and now I'm not anymore and I used to do that frantically. actresses with overbites actresses with gap teeth act thinking because i don't see them anywhere so do am i really going to pursue a career in acting before i get a bloody invisalign
0: do you what we're going to talk more about your google history because i want to get into that because i bet if we hacked into your google history searches they would be hilarious but one thing we're gonna be talking about after this ad break is more things about sex education but in particular into what you've just been saying as well about busting down boundaries honey breaking down that dam so join us after the break where we'll be smashing that dam and we'll be coming in like miley cyrus riding a wrecking ball right So we are back with my girl, Amy (laughs) Lou Wood. And in case you didn't know, she stars in Sex Education. If you haven't watched it, then get to it because it is all about shattering taboos. Um, It's not just about sex. Taboos about insecurities, anxieties, as well as sexual identity, gender, you name it, it's got it in. It's kind of like the trifle of TV. There's yeah. like a lot going in that. But one of my favourite things about you, Ames, is that mm-hmm. your first job on screen, wham, bam, thank you, thank ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. You are no, not beating around the bush, were you, babes? Right into no. that sex scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: For you, doing those things, especially when you did the masturbation scene that is now absolutely iconic... How liberating for you, given the things you've been through that we were talking about at the top of this, about mm. your body image issues and stuff, how liberating has that been for you to do those scenes then also on top of that, then re-watch them and have people celebrate you? Um,
1: It was. Now, now I look back and go, wow, that was great. At the time that it happened, I was absolutely cacking my pants. When I I did this, I did it, I did the masturbation scene and then the intimacy coordinator ITA said some sometimes you'll feel pretty exhilarated after you've just done it after you've just done the sex scene and then a day later or two days later you go oh my. you get a bit of a vulnerability hangover and you're like shit and so she checks in on us um either a day or two days after we've we filmed it to see how we're feeling." And on that one, I was absolutely fine after the um, the first sex scene and I was fine with all of the other stuff. And then on that one, because I think and she said that masturbation ones can be a lot harder on uh, because it's you by yourself. You don't have a another actor to kind of bounce off. I mean, literally bounce off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have that person there to kind of joke with and 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 give reassurance to, and it's just you, and and it's very you, you know it's quite intense. And obviously, I was so supported on set, but still, a couple of days later, I was like, oh my god, and so many so many th- worries were ignited. I was thinking. Because obviously you try and separate yourself from the character as much as possible in those scenes, so you don't feel like you're watching yourself wank like you do in your bloody bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Because then yeah. that is not what you want millions of people to see. So you're going, okay, was I am I Amy Gibbs enough? Am I am I being her enough? And I'm not being myself, so I was worried that I, if there was enough distance between Amy and Amy, and then the the other thing was a lot of kind of body insecurity stuff was. Was happening because I'd seen Ben, who was the director, who directed the first set scene. He showed me the the scene that I did originally with Connor. The first scene, I'd watched it after, and he'd checked that I was happy with it. So I kind of, I think I watched it twice or something, and I was like, and I properly just kept, like I was going, no, no, I'm 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 cool with that. I know, and I felt very kind of in the loop, and it was all. I knew, I, I, there's a sense of control to it. I mean, some people don't want to watch it back. Some people are like, oh God, I do not want to see that. But I was very much like, no, I want to see it because I want to see what everyone else is seeing. And I want to just know what's going to be on everyone's screens. And if I know, even if I hate it, I can bloody come to terms with it. And if I hate it, I can express it to the director. And, you know, there can be a communication there. But on the day that I did the masturbation stuff, it was such a, a, a like a crammed day. So we did that, and then I went straight into doing another scene, and then straight into, and it was all very high tempo, and so two days later, I had a major vulnerability hangover, I was like, I bet I look hideous which I know isn't the point of the scene, but obviously I'm going, there was a camera up on the frigging ceiling, I'm, Arse in the air, like unflattering. And I know that it was right to be like that, and I'm yeah. so happy that it was like that. You no, know, I'm so happy that it was, and it wasn't bloody airbrushed, like flattering angles. I'm I'm really happy, but yeah, I had a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. So I went and sat with Kate, who directed that scene in an office, and she was so supportive, and we just watched, we watched it. As she said, just watch it as many times as you want to, and I just I watched it and and I was I found it so funny and like all my all my worries were gone, because because I kind of thought and, and and it was amazing having Eater actually as the the intimacy coordinator because I don't think I would have had the confidence especially on my first TV job to actually go over and say to the director, can I have a look at this scene that I did the other day, because you kind of feel like a bit of a diva, like which yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous but you feel a bit like. Uh you know, get on with it. You're an actor, do it. And don't be a diva and ask to see it back and kind of, you know, be be courageous and just and just let let it go. And but actually I, I said to Ita, I feel to be honest, she checked in on me. I said, To be honest, I feel a little bit nervous. I, I I would quite like to see it. I I wanna just know what I'm dealing with. And she said, Absolutely, I can sort that out for you. And she um she kind of acted as the media and she spoke to Kate and Kate was like, Of course. And I just sat and I watched it. And the first time I watched it, I was watching it through my fingers, like a horror film. So so I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh my God. And then, oh yeah, God, sorry. Through <laughs> your fingers. I mean, my fingers were over my eyes. Okay. Get your mind out the gutter.
0: My fingers yeah. were
1: over my eyes, and I was like, oh my God, this is too much. And then. I watched it a second time and it made me laugh. And then I watched it a third time and it made me properly laugh. And I thought this is bloody brilliant because I think I started, I watched it as me and I was my own worst critic, obviously. And then the second time I thought, why don't I try and watch this as a, a girl who's watching this at home? Yeah. And, and and I did, I tried to separate myself, which is really hard, but once I'd kind of done that, I thought, no, this is this is great. This is great. And I would love to see this if I was an an audience member. So it was yeah, that was that was good. But no, I did feel very, very vulnerable after afterwards. And and then I felt like I was gonna have a second huge wave of vulnerability when it was coming out. Cause obviously I thought, God, now ever but by that point I'd some weirdly kind of just come to terms with it all, I think, because we'd watched some of it and I saw how great it was and how amazing it was with all the music and and the editing and everyone else's performances were so incredible and it was just seeing it all together because it's so hard when you when you're doing something like sex said when you because you're doing all your scenes and you might not be seeing everything else in the story. Yeah, so was, yeah. in your head you're thinking that the whole story is, you know, in about your head. You're thinking about me having a wank. So that masturbation montage in my head was four hours oh, long or you... however it long it took to, to, to film it. And then you watch it back and you go, like, "Oh, it's bloody twenty seconds and it's funny."
0: <laughs> I mean, I love that scene. And like, one of the things about it is, is that it encouraged people to actually be like, "Do you know what Han, yeah." I flip the beans sometimes. Like, that's absolutely fine. And there's also... It's shattering taboos in a really approachable way. But also, again, like... I mean, last series, Let's Get Real, the scene on the bus... Yeah. Like, captured so many people. And I think Mm. everyone can relate to a time where... I mean, I know I can, for instance, where, you know, someone's touched you inappropriately and you didn't want them to and you have tried to them in it and they carried on doing it. But how amazing was that for you to be part of that storyline
1: it was a mate it was probably the most profound thing i've done because it was laurie's personal story as well so it felt extra kind of special and it was just so i was actually going through loads of quite traumatic stuff at the same time. And it felt very like there were parallels going on kind of about like female taboos, stuff that we don't talk about, stuff that we don't talk about enough with our friends. And I was kind of, I felt like my life was mirroring slightly stuff that Amy was going through in in terms of bottling stuff in, keeping stuff a secret, not sharing it, um, not, uh, yeah, being fully honest about, the impact that some things had on you um and so the day in the detention scene when all the girls talked it was it, i mean it was it was literally our imitating life like what we were we were all having that kind of group therapy session when the cameras weren't rolling and then when the cameras were rolling it was just this kind of incredible parallel like, there was this just mirroring going on that was so, so emotional and so, um, in a way, overwhelming, but a good way Um, and very cathartic. And then, I mean, when it got to the, the scene where they were all waiting for me to get on the bus, I mean, we were all seriously in tatters. Like, Ben, the director, was in tatters. We were all like, oh, my God. Because it... And, and luckily, because things can be filmed so out of order, you know, you can film something from episode six before you film something from episode eight and blah, blah, blah. But actually, the bus scene and that's it was actually really near the end of shooting. So I'd done, I had actually done the whole arc and the journey before that scene that we, when we all got on the bus together. So it felt so real and it felt like the true culmination of everything. And, and then when I saw that what song Ben had. Chose to put underneath it. I thought, are you trying to kill me? Oh, she's are a goner. you trying? I was a gonna. I was gone when Emma said it's just a stupid bus. I was gone, and oh, apparently she. She was, crying. She like, was like, gone shit? as well. Yeah, and and then as and then that song came on, and I was like goosebumps, and I just thought it was so. I just thought it was so well written. The whole, the the, the how slow, what a slow burn it is for her. This this. She processes it at, her, at, at, this, at her own rate. It's not as if it's been like, and then she was fine. Everyone got on the bus with her the and end. she was fine. The yeah. end. Because even in the direct, even in the kind of, I call them stage directions, but I wonder what they actually are called when it's in a film script or TV script. But anyway, in the little thing that Laurie wrote, she put Amy um, smiles through tears. She's not the same, but she's going to be all right. And I, th- but she, I think she's, but she thinks she's going to be all right, and, and, and it was such a that even made me cry when I read it, because I think, yeah, she's not it's not as in like Amy's laughs with her mates and everything's good again. It's like, no, she's changed. This has changed her. This has had a huge impact on her. There's been a tectonic shift in in her soul, and she's going to be different now and, and and I think that the fact that it it just dealt with the impact of it so well. And really kind of in the in the way that sex ed does I think so brilliantly, which is just in its own way it's it's very original and it's and it's still got so much kind of hope in it, all the contradictions of life are found so well in sex education, and I think it was such a great example of that is Amy's storyline in season yeah. two
0: and I think also the show as we were saying, has helped so many people deal with so many different things. Like you yeah. can watch it and be like, that speaks to me, that speaks to me. Oh my God, this is making me realize this about myself. For you yeah. personally, what do you mm. think it's helped you process the most?
1: I, ha- I have changed immensely since doing sex education. In, in, in And re- I, I think that, I always, I always, put it down to therapy as to why I'm so much more um, kind of vulnerable and honest about with my feelings. But actually, I think so much of it started happening. I think the only reason why I even got, why I even started going to therapy in the first place was because of sex education, was because I saw how much therapy, you know, enhanced people's lives in that show and how much people needed it. And, 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 and it, it really did just it opened something up in me that that was definitely slammed shut and 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 then reading those scripts the first time I got them through it was for Lily to play Lily and I just thought I only saw a few scenes and I thought oh this is just a really funny it's going to be like a really funny silly kind of show that everyone's going to find you know like hilarious but actually then when I got the rest of the scripts through I thought this could be This is really important, actually. Like, this is properly important. And I think that... I think what has helped me with the most is just... Just being... Honestly, just being myself more.
0: Come through. Like, I mean, we've touched on so much stuff. you come through eating disorders, vulnerabilities, self-esteem issues. Like, you have come through all this stuff, and now you are, in my personal opinion, this amazing, human, lovable person... Do you, you, in yourself, do you feel like you wear your crown with more pride than you've ever done before?
1: I think there's still work to be done on that one, to be honest. I am, I am still very hard on myself that and, and in a way I kind of, I kind of go, well, that's kind of a good thing because I think we should all look at ourselves realistically and we, and, and, you know, um, and take responsibility and, and 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 look at our own failings or um, things that we need to work on, things that we need to improve. But at the same time, there also has to be a bit of self forgiveness. And yeah. I, I'm I definitely wearing my crown the best that I have ever done. But I still, it's still a bit wonky. I could still definitely do with just like holding it straight and not not apologising for it. But I think therapy can also be a bit of a weird thing because it's amazing and I think it's so vital and it's helped me in so many ways, but it also does uncover things that you probably would never, because it's like a bloody excavation. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like unrooting everything. And I'm going, why did I ever start this? I could have carried on living in blissful ignorance. Mm. i mean, quite a difficult stage of it right now because it's properly getting to the, to the good stuff. And, um, and, and I think that I just, as long as I just keep going there and keep being brave in that way, by the end it's like when I get a book I'll, I'll buy a book to I'll think oh that book will really help me like something like the imp of the mind about OCD or or, or mad girl by Bryony Gordon and I'll start reading them and it'll start to trigger me of course if you're relating to it it's going to be kind of triggering or stirring in some way and I'll stop bloody reading them because I'll go oh my god this is too scary and too real and actually I, even then I have to go no force yourself to get read it because you'll get to the bit where she's okay You'll get to the bit where Bryony's like, "Yeah, all this shit stuff did happen, but now I'm happy and now I'm, I'm, I'm the best I've ever been." I think it's just for me. It's just really about stick, hanging in there with all that self exploration stuff, and not just taking the exit route. Just go and do get it. it done.
0: Yeah, get that band-aid off. off. now, babes. At the end of every episode, we mm. ask some big questions. Are you ready for right. some big questions, honey? I'm ready
1: for some big old quezzies.
0: Are you in that zone?
1: I'm in the zone.
0: Okay. In the reign of your life, Amy mm. Lou Woods, what is the rule you will always live by?
1: I have one that I always say is embrace embarrassment because the fear of embarrassment is can hold you back from having difficult conversations that need to be had, um, you know, going for that audition or that job interview that you don't think you're good enough for. Um, you know, it can embarrassment is so silly, but it is such a huge thing that everyone feels. And I think the more you embrace it, the more you realise that embarrassment is can be a great thing. I think so I definitely live by that. But also what Shooty says which is face your front. Don't be looking either side to see what he's doing, what she's doing, what they're doing, you know. Run your own race. It, comparison is the thief of joy. It really, mm. really is. Like, do not compare yourself. L- learn from people and, and you know, have your role models and be inspired by people, but don't compare yourself because it, it is, honestly, you are, you, it, it's just, it's, it's completely shit, yeah, but I I have realised that so much is I used to look at people on Instagram and go, I don't look like that. I'm shit because I don't look like that. But actually, yeah. as, soon, as soon as you take off that comparison thing, it's like the most liberating. Oh, it's like it's taking like, a great poo.
0: Oh yes. It's We'd like thank God I've got release. that out. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel twenty times lighter after that.
1: Exactly. Though. Jeez, thank God for that.
0: And also, babe, when mm. have you been the most proud of yourself?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. I'd like to ask many people. Thanks, Dad. Um, well, do you know what? I always used to think that it would come out. Of, I was very, very proud of myself when I got into RADA when I got the phone call that I'd got into drama school, but not because I'd just got into drama school, but because it was it was shit. You know, rejection, rejections. You know, and and really getting getting used to those rejections and, and 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 still backing yourself and still getting up and, you know, dusting yourself off and going to the next audition, even though you know it might be a bloody no again. And it's like, so I think I was very proud of myself in that. And I used to definitely connect pride with success. Yeah. It would be like, I'll be proud of myself if I get that job or I'll be proud of myself if I land that part or I'll, I'll be proud of myself if I get an A star in this exam. I was always kind of, that's what I thought you had to be, achievements meant pride but actually now I'm like I'm actually just proud of myself for for just like living like just getting up and 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 every day and and even though the world can be so bloody hard and my head can be a, a battleground I'm just proud of myself that I like I guess that I just carry on and 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 face it all and don't don't shy away from it. Because I think and I think everyone should. I think everyone should be proud of themselves for just a huge achievement for you today might just be that you get out of bed and and give yourself a pat on the back and be proud of yourself for that. It's we don't have to be all be Oscar winners. Do you know what I mean? Like we're all on our own track. So be proud of yourself for trying your best. If you're trying your best you should be proud of yourself.
0: Well, I think you should be bloody proud of yourself babe I think you're epic you're a very special person I've loved speaking to you as I always love speaking to you love you long time babes love you so much thanks for taking the time out to speak to me thank you so much for listening babes I hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as I have and you're going to take so much away from it And if you haven't already subscribed, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts from so you'll know which amazing queen is joining me next time. And make sure you share this around your friends and get those conversations going because we need each other more now than ever before. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.